Hi, I'm your on-again, off-again BFF here to fuck with your self-image, Condé Nasty. I'm like a half-unicorn, half-octopus, so fabulous, but also a crime against nature. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you doing? I'm, I'm in a place. This is the first time we've recorded in person in literally over a year. That is true. On my luxurious new velvet couch. Oh no, I'm, I'm reclining like a Roman senator, as I want to do. Let me get you more pillows. Thank you. It isn't the full reunion brunch, because I want like Buffy and Valkyrie here, but this is still lovely to see your smiling face while we are recording in person. And just as a behind-the-scenes little pulling back of the curtain will be way less work for me on the editing end. So. I was about to say, I think you're <laughs> thrilled about having one wave file to edit. <laughs> Um, it's the little things. Truly, it is lovely to see you too. You, other than my husband, are the only person I've really been seeing in quarantine. Though I was just hosting my brother-in-law and niece and nephew, so that was that was fun. Four-day weekend of kids, so my brain will be a bit scattered. Yeah, four days of heterosexuality. It sounds like a party. <laughs> I mean, anyways, <laughs> and moving on from there, um, we are here to recap and discuss RuPaul's Drag Race season thirteen. I believe it's episode thirteen. Let's yes, say yes. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> we're down to the fi- final five. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head the name of the episode, but that's okay. We're down to the final five, and the girls walk back into the workroom and seem very, uh, very shaken by the uh, departing of Utica. But it definitely seemed like the right time, and all gunning to fight for that crown. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone doesn't think it was Utica's time. Probably even Utica would say that in her self-effacing Midwest way. Utica apologized profusely on social media to Michelle Visage and Lonnie Love, so yes. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> that is true. Uh, so so the next day we are in the workroom and I can't even remember off the top of my head. Well, there was nothing in the workroom. Like, it was kind of a weird episode in that there wasn't a lot of workroom. There wasn't a mini challenge. We just dove right into the, into the main. We barely talked to the winner. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, Rue comes in and it's this acting challenge that's very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids meets Drag Race referencing itself is yeah. how I would describe this yeah. skit. I actually like that it's become at least self-aware enough to do a skit that is about Drag Race and yeah. making jokes about the inner saboteur. You know, it was funny. I, 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 over the weekend, I was re-watching season five and they did the one where they had to do spoken word lip syncs to like the epic moments of the fights. And Oh, that's right. And yeah, that was that was fucking hilarious. Like watching sh- the Shangela sugar daddy moment reenacted was a delight and they should do it more often because the show pumps out like I feel between like the cat, like the sleeping bag, the cow, um... Just there are like a the fight between Tamisha Amon and Candy. There's like th- th- this season is not short on moments that I think will be ripe for parody in the near future. I agree. I agree with that. The edit seems very focused on Simone at the top. And, and Simone she, was having a time. She was. She seems very stressed. Um, we were talking about the goodest little boy yeah. sort of syndrome, and Simone is very much that gay goodest little boy, perfect son, pressure on thyself, where even. When drag, which is an outlet where she gets to be experimental and creative, she has four wins and she's still like killing herself trying to be perfect. Well, it's 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 something to really think about. She hasn't really had an average outing, you know. Sure. She, she's either in the top three, getting the win, or being seriously in contention for it, or a total misfire. And it's kind of a, yeah, she doesn't. 
she doesn't know how to ju- i don't know if she know has it in her to just be like well i'm just gonna get through this challenge and focus on other things it's like it's all like and i think that's what trips her up she just has so much invested in never messing up that it makes it harder to not mess up sometimes and also harder to like relax and have fun in the moment and something where doing that often yields great results yeah um so that was complicated so the divvying up the roles i know you hate it i do feel like when they were the one little point of tension though that did exist it was like simone you could do either of these roles candy can only do one of them and we know it so let's just like well it felt like they were they literally wrote those parts like normally the parts they write tend to be very like one line description and it's especially when it's improv these were custom made parts for all of these girls who i think I ended up doing the part that was clearly envisioned for them by the writers yeah yeah no that makes sense i agree yeah no i agree with that do you want to just get into the skit or do you want to talk through the rehearsal um, oh i think the rehearsal let's talk about the rehearsal all right what did you think of the rehearsal i loved a lot of it like i i am becoming a full-on got mix nan oh for sure like she is a mate she she's just an amazing fucking drag queen who is staggeringly well-rounded and in a way that i would not have laid money on at the start of the season and is figuring out and discovering a lot of themselves along the way and here's what Gottmik has and is doing that very few of these queens seem to do Gottmik is in there having fun relaxing and trying their best everything they do which is making them do great yeah. it's like by being like i'm not an actor but i'm gonna try my best i don't i'm not a comedian i was nervous about the roast but i just tried my best yeah. like even in her commercial which wasn't you know great i i was still never bored or annoyed like it was still like it, like it didn't work but god i didn't care when i was watching it totally and i think she definitely had that energy here of like she went for it with that fucking cat's paw and it showed it, it just made it all work beautifully yeah no she's she's relaxing and having fun in it and not taking it so seriously that she's like stiff so yeah um i think i to be honest i mean we'll get into this obviously but i cannot recall another contestant who did so well who seemed so like i'm trying don't like not take me seriously but i'm not taking myself so seriously i'm stressing myself out i'm like relaxing and having fun and just trying my best and hoping for the best is that that west and coast vibe succeed- i keep hearing about yeah i mean very <laughs> and just succeeding yeah. i mean i don't know it's i can't think of anybody comparable well it's it is this like impossible tightrope for like the greatest performers like they show just enough effort to show they take it seriously and then make it look effortless beyond yeah that. yeah and i feel like no drag race contestant has ever done that the way gottmik has even with gottmik's runways which are often innovative interesting fun takes on things where that make them like in the top three and are always ideas nobody else thought about yeah and it doesn't seem like Gottmik like stressed like oh are the judges gonna get it are they not it's just like Gottmik is trying something and that's working yeah I really want to I wonder what Gottmik is like just in in his normal life where it's like there's that has to speak to some deeper self-confidence and and maybe it's part of finding the comfort and safety to come out as trans but there's something there there's some like really strong there has to be something there to make this experience that other amazingly talented queens have just spoken about how horrifyingly shredding it can be to like not let that get to you yeah at least as much as we can tell and it seems like you can't really edit for that right right (laughs) so let's just get into the finished product what did you think of the performances 
overall, this was fine, but this was like the fucking Snyder cut. Did this skit feel like it went on for like three days? It was long and not that funny. Yeah, it was. And like, it wasn't even like I liked the premise. I liked the idea of it, but it did feel like this is way longer than it needs, it needs to, to be. be. Yeah. yeah, the only time I genuinely chuckled was the Big Dela lipstick. That that was funny. That was hilarious. Um, in terms of actual performances, I want to sit Olivia down with every Rose centric episode of the Golden Girls. Yes, there's a way Completely. to completely. Do... There's a way to do that that yeah. is effective. Like, no, like that's brilliant advice. Yeah, like like when when uh, she says like, oh yeah, Saint Olaf publishes all of the psychological journals. I read them all as a girl. I refuse to believe you did that. Believe what you want, you hypersexual bitch. Like she knew exactly how to pitch that the punchline to be like like Rose is hyper competitive, can hold a grudge, like all of those little negative parts. She's even from Minnesota. Utica could take a lesson where it's just like there was a way to punch that joke to make her not just the dumb blonde and it was art. And like I honestly I think had she just given a little bit of that shading, just a little bite under under the performance, I think she would have been at least fine. She might have still gone home today, but she would have done a better performance. So, I, okay, so I agree with everything you're saying, and I think that's good advice for Olivia, honestly, overall, because I think she has that luminous, effortless smile and sort of that airy energy about her. But I do think sometimes it's like, it's one note you like to play the nice girl or the daft girl or the innocent girl. And I think that if she is sort of always doing that, both as, as an actor and as a drag queen. Having the comedy to do that twist the way Betty White does oh, would yeah. serve so well. In this, I felt like they wrote that role so that when the shade glasses come out, Ginger Ale can like do a heel turn. And I feel like Olivia read those lines with more conviction than anything else Ginger Ale said. And so it's like... Olivia did a fine, serviceable, same girl, same voice, but diff- stronger delivery. Like, she felt, found her confidence and said something insulting and then made the, that's the light night the lights went out in the workroom. But if she did a total heel turn and sounded like Dixie Carter... Yeah. Telling, you know, Julia Sugarbaker telling yeah. somebody off, or Julia Sugarbaker with a touch of, like, the Bad Girls Club energy and the with the yeah. shade glasses... I think this is a role that was actually set up for Olivia to turn in a way that's not like, this girl's super daft, oh, now she's actually delivering lines with conviction, but still the same person. Right. To like, actually, this has been a dumb blonde act the whole time, and I'm going to like look at you with the piercing gaze and tell you the fuck off. I think that actually, I think Olivia could have taken it. Yeah. And she didn't. Yeah. And I love Olivia, but for me... Olivia has re- reached a limit, and it was crazy for me to feel like it was absolutely Olivia's time to go. Yeah, I was I was sad to think about that, where it's like, yeah, this is kind of Olivia's time, based if nothing. Like, even a good performance wasn't going to make it not her time this week. She would have needed really to win to really snap that expectation at this point. Um, I th- That being said, I kind of stepped back. And, like, I, I watched the pit stop this week. And Trixie's like, you know, like, president of the United States and host of RuPaul's Drag Race, Olivia Lux. And I agree, there is something rem- still compelling about her. I love Olivia Lux. I do think Olivia Lux is underbaked for this competition. Right. And I would like to, her to take some of the good notes that she will get from this experience, like the one we just discussed, yeah. and <laughs> evolve based on that. I would love to see her on an all-star season in three, four years. 
if she does take those notes and runs with right, them. Like, because I think she could come in and win the whole thing. Right, and what I'm saying is, like, like even if this is Olivia tapped out at her current experience level, look at the fucking raw material. I agree. Like, at, what is she, 24, 26? I don't know. Like, but, but regardless of age, like, very new to drag. Right. I'm like, this is what you're working with. A million watt smile, charisma for days... Like, yeah, she'll definitely, like, if you told, like, and that's how Olivia Lux became this generation's Betty White, I would just nod encouragingly, like. Well, literally think <laughs> if she learned how to do the Betty White comic, like, Rose Nyland comic turn, and just had a budget to hire designers who really knew how to do the runway. Think of who she'd be as a competitor at that totally. point. Totally. Top four for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. I felt bad for Candy in this challenge. Let's talk about it. Because I feel like Candy. Candy tripped on the thing that trips up a lot of the queens where it's like you were giving them what they wanted until they didn't want it anymore. That was the, That's exactly it. Yeah, and I, th- I also felt bad for Candy because I think Candy does well playing with others, at least to some extent. Like, like I felt we- it was weird where it was like, well, here's the other four queens doing their skit, and then there's here's Candy largely by herself. Yeah. And if nothing else, there's nothing to respond to, so of course she's going to default to her base sense of humor that is... Uh, gotten her this far so it was it was really weird to hear the critiques that we've all been saying since week five here at week 40 and it's like oh now it's a problem <laughs> absolutely um i agree with that i thought candy did pretty good i think candy has a really has a like a little bit of a lisp and that thick accent that is not always audible and so i think when she tries to slow it down to be audible enough she doesn't necessarily deliver lines perfectly. I thought she did an okay job. A couple of the lines, I was like, they really should have done another take. I don't think they know how to direct her because I think you're right. They like like the candy being candy bit so much. Yeah. I do think it was, it's like an unfair situation for her yeah. in a lot of ways. I don't think she did a bad job. Oh, no. No one did a bad job. Yeah. Even Olivia did an okay job. It wasn't like... True. Like, yeah, if, there were a, if, this, were, if this was done at the top six someone else out of that top six would have been going home. I agree. So, and then Rosé was fine. She was good. She was on the good side of fine, but... Okay, I found it so weird how barely in this episode she was. The character wasn't likable. The comedy, she did everything she needed to do, but it was the least interesting character. Yeah, I'll She did that. the physical comedy that was necessary. It seemed like she required next to no direction, and it was all serviceable, and her look was Fine. fine. Nothing I'd not seen before, but it like fit the idea. She did it well. I would have liked a little more volume at the top of the wig. Literally my only critique. A little more blending of the makeup, but I think she was intentionally not blending to have it pop. Cool. Um, but it felt so like this edit is so not about her. Yeah. That I didn't think they were going to give her the win. Yeah, I kind like... I think, and now we can talk about Simone. I think Simone also did a perfectly good job. I don't think it crackled the same way that... Say her her fag factory. I will never get tired of saying fag factory. I will. That will be my last words on this earth. I don't think it had that same energy, so they couldn't justify giving Simone the win. They needed to give Simone the redemption, which she definitely got. She like pulled herself together, took a powder, had a V eight. God, that's. I'm gonna cut that out because that's a terribly dated reference. I'm ancient, um, but like she she pulled herself together in a way that was noticeable, but it still wasn't quite the win, which almost by default leaves it to Rose. Yeah, Rose was the winner of this week by default for being the comedy queen who turned in a good comedy performance. But I was kind of weirdly uninvested in that for the whole episode. For me, I actually feel like Gottmik would have taken the win for me. 
for this week, which surprises me. You know what? I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, I also feel like a fair amount of the edit, even though it was mostly focused on Simone, Gottmik was also a featured... What? Yeah. Was a good part portion of the episode, and all of her scenes were impactful. In yeah. Confessional and in the, the runway and performance. Yeah. Um, so on Gottmik, I think really evolving and learning a lot as a comedian and an actor, and I thought did a great job. I'm not saying it's groundbreaking, but it entertained me the whole time. It had, and it certainly had more energy for sure than the other than the other ones for sure. Um, and then I guess anything else on the performances, or do you want to get to the runway? Yeah, let's let's get to the runway. We, we spent enough time in our lives in this. Like I think it was actually as long as the actual Honey I Shrunk the Kids film. So. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first we have Simone in that giant pocket slash like 70s sort of pantsuit jumper look with the dragified version of the Paramore lead singer hair. Yeah. Um, I feel like Paramore has come up a lot this season and I'm so like, I knew who they are and I couldn't name one song. Cool. I can, um, I can name I can name one song, Hard Times, which I do very much enjoy, but I take your point. And again, aging rapidly before you. Um, I, when, when she first walked out, I thought this is fine, which is a weird thing for me to think about Simone. Cause normally it's like, she's staggering. And I like this more, the longer I looked at it, like when they did the close up, the way it moved is very yeah, interesting. And the detailing on the zipper teeth and the little, um, I don't know, the little tab, whatever, whatever that, that part of the zipper is called. Yeah. Um, which first of all, that it's the closest I've been to that part of the zipper in a year, and I really felt that moment. We'll get there. Um, but the the weight and sh- like there was something about the detailing that really made me love it on close up. Like the metal work there was really good, and it gave it like a that extra polish that elevated the look. So I ended up really liking it. But when I first saw it, I was kind of like, "Well, this is fine, solid, well done." But like when I look closer, I'm like, "Actually, I really like this." Yeah, I really liked it. Was it the most astonishing thing she ever sent down the runway? No. Do I think it was a really smart way to do it? You know I love a structured collar like that. Totally, like, yeah. Um, You're wearing one now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it was highly... I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I liked the wig a lot. Apparently Gigi Good made the wig for her. Um, Surprising literally no one. I know. <laughs> um, and then uh, next we had... I'm trying to think who was next. Oh, we, we had Olivia Lux next wearing... What felt to me like what any basic girl you're like friend or cousins with the dress she wears to like a wedding or something and is like, isn't it nice? And look, it has pockets. And I feel like that is very much Olivia's vibe Yeah, where it's just so it's so pedestrian, but sweet. And I know exactly the like energy and the and look pockets. And I was like, it has pockets. This is not about pockets. I also question, did it have pockets or was that just the ruching? If it was just her sticking her hands in the direction of the ruching for a hot pocket yeah. runway category, yeah. like, that's even funnier. Yeah. But it was like, this isn't about pockets. Yeah. So. I will say neck up. Gorgeous. She looks stunning. Yeah. Uh, she looks stunning. It, it was It was like, oh, honey, this isn't it. I but, know. I, I still... I, it must have been a fascinating thing to be her teacher as a child where it's like you were wrong or this assignment is not up this this this, i have to i have to be a teacher at you but i can't stop looking at you and feeling happy when i i I don't know just it's like i can't be mad at her even when like the dress was a miss it was it was pretty but it was a miss but i'm like i i'm still looking at your beautiful radiant face and thinking about what springtime will feel like just no i i totally (laughs) get that um and then 
next i think we had rosé or did yeah it was next? it was rosé it was rosé next yeah. um with the reveal that you could tell was a real reveal with the short arms but it was all black and white mod structured pockets yeah what'd you think it was good i don't i i i've been going back and forth with myself since friday would i've liked it more in a fabric rather than that like what vinyl or yeah. whatever that material it was felt like a raincoat yeah i think Maybe if the outside were the raincoat and the inside were a fabric, I think I would have liked it more. It would have had a little more motion. It was a little bell-like in a way that didn't move a lot because of the stiffness. But I, I agree with what you said. The hair, the ponytail needed to be just a little bit higher. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. It's so... Okay, this meets it. We've seen this type of silhouette literally a million times in the world. I, I feel like with Rosé, I'm like always unimpressed. And I feel bad about that because she's always competent. I know. I feel like we're janning her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it was fine. Yeah. And then we had candy. candy. What did you think? Oh, I had a lot of thoughts about candy. All right, I'm gonna divide. I'm gonna divide my thoughts into two convenient categories. Um, my initial reactions, which were none of this works. This is a hideous, mushy map. Like in HD, I still cannot tell what in God's name I'm looking at. Then I, then I, then I took some time. I had some tea. I did some reflecting. I feel like Candy, I want to compliment Candy for taking some swings, even when they are misses. Like, she's she's thrown out some looks there that are, like, really attempting for editorial or cutting it. And she so, really has. And, I, and, I, and part of my reaction wants to be, I can't shake the notion that if Simone or Utica or Gottmik wore that exact outfit, it would get a little more praise because we've been acculturated to think that cutting edge weirdly shaped fashion naturally looks more interesting on skinny people so part of i am holding back it's a don't get me wrong it's a it's a total boot a hundred percent boot but there is an attempt at something that i feel would get more praised on a skinnier body type because we would we would decide that the weird shapes created were more aesthetically pleasing and that is not fair big girls should be able to do avant-garde too yeah um so i know i've seen this silhouette before it is something i've only seen in asian fashion i i lived in asia for a period in my life i have paid attention at times to what happens on runways in seoul and tokyo and hong kong and shanghai before i think this is like a very japanese thing from like five years ago um and i have seen versions of it before i've only seen it on stick thin women yeah where the like spacing of the ribbons being equal etc actually makes it like it's designed to lay on a body that's basically yeah just very slender very few curves so it can all lay like evenly yeah and it it's not designed to fit a curvy body in a way that's flattering like you're absolutely right and so it it didn't work for candy and i also think some of the contrast color of the rest of it including like the sleeves and the bodice underneath worked against a lot of both the structure and the colors that existed in otherwise and then she wore hair that was just way too flat for anybody with her face shape yeah to ever wear in drag yeah um and so i feel like she was i know what she was trying to do and i think if we saw i think you're absolutely right if we saw a skinnier queen walk down the runway in this it would be it would look more editorial both because it's more designed for that body type yeah and and like in a way that for this dress the geometry really matters. Yeah. And because we have been acculturated to like that's what yeah, high fashion and, and looks like. Just th- th- that dress kind of drove home for me. 
I've had my complaints about candy, or not even my complaints, just my critiques. They're not really complaints. They're just things. And but it was like in my head, I'm like, I'm I am sorry, candy. I don't I. I don't think I've given you enough credit for even when they didn't work, you were still doing things. She's really trying. Yeah, like you're not. She pulls a lot of different references. Yeah, for for the critique that you are just giving us, you know, your the, the candy voice and the candy personality. I think there are clear attempts to expand on that, and even if they don't work, I'll I'll take a beautiful failure over over a tepid, um, you know, fine any day. I think, and I think Candy in a lot of ways knew who's who she is, and in a lot of ways is very willing to explore a lot of yeah. different silhouettes and shapes and things she is a good drag queen yeah. i am not crazy about rupaul like i don't think that they're judging her in any way other than you have a bronx accent yeah. and we think that's funny yeah a little bit but yeah. i don't i don't think that that makes like that doesn't negate the fact that candy muse is a good drag queen who is really trying her best and is willing to take risks yeah in many ways on the yeah. show um so I felt like I, I did feel like looking at it like I was like, this is so designed to not fit a body like yours that it's just like there's no selling it. And yeah. I felt bad. And you could see. And that was the other thing, too. Like, and she even said it like I did not feel I'm like, we know you didn't feel good. Putting and it I on, could girl. tell. But I, I'll say that you're she said that and I get it. But she really tried to sell it on that. Oh, way. yeah. No, even she, if like I could read it a little bit in the eyes. She tried her best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. And then lastly, we had... Gottmik. Gottmik. What did you think of this? Loved it. I mean, I love a good joke. I love a good piece of costume work. I love one with a narrative. And I'm like, okay, so it's... it's you, You've combined like... The, the two f- trench coat guy cliches. Yeah. The yeah. flasher and the guy trying to sell you Rolexes. And watching that... Like, thank God we live in an era of HD television. Because I think in standard definition, that might have come off as soup. But watching that up close, when they did those... When they pulled in for those close with all those watches, I'm like... I know we've we've discussed the ethics or you know competition concerns of walking in with a high end designed uh, closet, but I'm like I also don't fucking I want to look at I want to keep looking at this yeah. like it's so perfectly executed that whatever my concerns are for how this impacts the do it yourself side of the competition I'm like well for right now I don't care because this is beautiful yeah no it's beautiful it's funny it's irreverent. Gottmik was having fun. It was clever and not something anybody else thought of. Yeah. It was clearly something they thought would be funny. It's just enough to be about pockets that I can't say it's not about pockets. Right. And it was brilliant and yeah. stunning. Like the the, the uh, wristwatch ankle bracelet. I'm like, just everything here is working. Her face was beautiful. Yeah. And just, yeah, it was per- it, I've talked about, yeah, Gottmik, I think Gottmik should have gotten the win. I do. Yeah. I honestly do. Um, So... But Rosé gets it, and that's fine. I did say last week I think they want to give it to Rosé so she feels more like somebody who might be able to win yeah. over Simone. Frankly, I think they should have given it to Gottmik for that reason because we'd all believe it more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I really... I mean, and I also feel like Gottmik definitely also earned this Earned one. it, yeah. I mean, when you, get, when, you get to, when you get down to it, I think it's, I think it's between Gottmik and Simone. I think... So do I. I think it's still Simone's. Me too. Uh, I think... It's one of those, because this season has gone on for so long and we've spent so much time with these queens, I think we might be weighting her stumbles in the season a little heavier than we would in a shorter season. Like, if we only had eight episodes of this as opposed to 12, I think our brains would be like, okay, she had an off week. Everybody gets an off week. I'm having an off week right now. And I think she would feel more a front runner. 
than she does, but not as much as she is. Like, I really still think it's... Like, you know whatever she brings to that fucking finale is going to be some beautifully constructed statement on Black America that's going to make us all, like... Bringing up the guest judge, Cynthia, the, like, the last time I will have cried that much will have been the color purple. Like, I yeah, just know no. that's going to happen to me. No, I, I get that. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, I think for me, she still feels, like, super the front runner. Yeah. But I haven't discounted got nick most of all yeah um yeah and i think rose would have need to have done more to make us care yeah. like love yeah. rose like by I really, now then they have i really like rose she's a very good queen but, but i don't love her that's I know, how i feel i know I, f- I feel like it's like when you go on three dates remember back when we still dated like when you go on the like you're on the third date and on paper it works like you're everything is what you said no, you told just, your therapist like you wanted and there's no chemistry yeah, yeah. totally totally yeah that's their, their date the third date like this is nice you're nice but also like the that that is like there's no spark or anything yeah. and i know it yeah is real yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i'm gonna be talking to my therapist so we can be like why don't i like rose more <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny um so then we have the bottom two are Olivia and Candy Muse. Which which is fair. That's accurate. I mean, and we all, I think, knew that would happen. And uh, I was honestly, because this is such a, it was shares uh, strong, strong enough. enough. It's such like a, I mean, it's not believe, but it is like it's, a it's, bit of a drag queen cliche totally. yeah. song. And they started kind of early within the song, like, or not early, at like a high note, which I, I don't like when they do that. But um I thought they both did a decent job. I was sort of not... I expected at least one of them to kind of make me feel more. And they both did fine yeah. to me. And I would have kept Candy over yeah, Olivia. Yeah, I, I think Candy did a little bit more with it, just yeah. energy-wise. But I was... I To be honest, I can tell they're fatigued. Because I feel like neither of them could really like yeah. dig into it. Yeah. Did you feel that way? No, I agree. Like I was watching Olivia being like, yeah, all of it's here, but it's not... There's, like, not a spark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Candy won. Um, what's crazy is I definitely, given that I felt early on like they really weren't judging Candy fairly and what they were praising was, like, no. about her being Candy more than about her drag. Right, yeah. And eventually it just felt like they, when it was, like, we can't criticize this without having to, like, put you in the bottom, too, so we're just, like, not putting anything in. Um, it just kind of... I don't know, I sort of started ignoring Candy a little bit at a point where it just felt like she's not even really a part of this competition in a real way. She's not being judged in a real way, so I'm not really engaging with it. And what's crazy is, at this point, to be like, I love Olivia. I see a lot of star quality and potential in Olivia. I also really like Candy Muse and see a lot of star power and potential in Candy Muse. What's crazy is, I definitely didn't think that at this point I'd be like, Candy has shown us more and shown us more versatility. Yeah. Even despite whatever, like, narrow reasons the judges are keeping Candy here. Yeah. I see Candy trying a lot of different things. Yeah. And I see Olivia really comfortable and feeling pedestrian, both as a drag actress and as a drag, like, as a runway person. And it was weird for me to have a moment where it was like, it really feels like, if any, like, Candy deserves to stay more than Olivia. Yeah, like, I didn't expect to feel that in such a strong, and yeah. Authentic la- last way, week, but... I would have expected. Well, they're gonna send Olivia home, but I'm probably gonna wish they'd send Candy. Like I like, I expected Olivia to go home. I did not expect to feel this resolved that that was actually the correct decision. Yeah, 
Yeah, same. I will say it's hard to imagine Olivia not getting Miss Congeniality now. Well, I mean, Great. how, how, like, as, I mean, I'm taking this exasperated response as agreement. Yeah, yeah, you broke me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm like, ma- like, I'm trying to think if if we still let the people make this vote, could they do something stupid? I'm like, I I don't believe there's a queen in that room that isn't like, yeah, give Olivia Lux a kidney. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's not going to be Utica. Then we get. Uh, yeah, so now we have our top four. It's Simone, Gottmik, Rosé, and Candy. How do you feel about it? Good. Or it's not It's not who I necessarily would have picked at the start of the season, even a couple of episodes in, but I am actually pretty happy with this top four. Like, I think I think they've all made a credible case for why they should be there. Okay. Um, even if... Like, I'll say this. I am more satisfied and interested in the finale than I thought I would have been given how certain I was and still largely am that Simone's just going to take it. Okay. Like that I think makes sense. I think the finale like all four of them have in some way managed to really articulate a unique voice that will make a fun thing to watch. And actually I don't even know if we'll have a final four. We might have a final three cuz we got another episode coming that looks like a regular challenge episode. I mean if they're reducing it to a final three after this then they intentionally did a misdirect with the edit with what the girls were saying about a top four. Like, yeah. that is entirely possible. I don't, at this point, they were using all the language of a top, top four, four, so I'm running with it. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, that's certainly within the wheelhouse of something RuPaul would do at this point. Yeah. I generally don't like a top four. I mean, I loved it in season nine. When There's the been... only time the lip sync off worked, let's just be clear. <laughs> it, it's, um, I liked it in season nine. It was a, slip of the script that made sense but to me i clearly would have sent peppermint home um i feel like it's generally been there's been someone there where it's like we know there's no way in hell you're gonna win this like yeah for me it was peppermint in season nine but she still was a prominent voice and it wasn't crazy cameron michaels whom i like but had no business in the finale in, in 10 and then in 11 it was um silky well, Silky was that, like, weird other role. Um, oh, my God. Who was the other pageant queen? Oh, Akira. Akira Davenport. Um, where, like, I liked Akira, but Akira wasn't going to win. Right. And so it just, it feels like there's a fourth where it's like, we all know this person doesn't belong here. And for me, on one level, I think that is Candy. But I also think they made Candy so central to the edit and is so, like, one of the protagonists we're following in mm-hmm. a way that... It's not as extreme as it was. Like with with Cameron Michaels, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, Cameron Michaels was like, I just wanted to be eliminated as quickly as possible because there's no way me winning would have made any sense and people would have been pissed. Like I just wanted to be off that stage as quickly as possible. I had no business being in the top four. And all those poor butterflies. This this uh, <sighs> this this top four system has a lot of victims. I I like it when it's a top three. I would have loved. I. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I wish it was something like um, like it was in season eight. Like I loved when they did, they each did a number. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what it ends up being. That's what they did in season seven too, right? Because it was, that, that was Ginger, Violet, and Pearl. Yeah, they did. And they all got a number too, yeah. They did, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. I, I am, so we have two episodes left or three? Because. Who knows? There's one more non-finale. I believe there are three left. Okay. Okay. I'm assuming one of them is a reunion. Which I, I will say, you keep doing that. A dedicated reunion is better for everyone. Yeah. 
getting the queens on stage for 30 seconds to say two sentences is not fun. I agree with that. All right, so the one thing on this episode we didn't touch on that I wanted to, but I wasn't really sure when to insert it, was uh, Gottmik talking about trans representation. What did you think of that moment? I was, um, I, I mean, obviously people come, people come to me for the, my commentary on the trans. I have, I have nothing to add, and I'm glad that Gottmik is there to articulate those things. Completely, I. So, like, obviously, neither of us are trans people, so we're, we can only speak from our perspective. I do feel like there have been moments where I've overheard trans acquaintances speaking to very rigid, heteronormative people in a way that feels like it's explaining their experience in a way that reinforces heteronormative guidelines, and it does feel like there's a Ken or a Barbie mold and that's what's swallowable for some people or palatable for some people if anything and I feel like I think it's really hard to be trans I I've never pushed back or said anything to anybody or called anybody out in any negative way nor would I um I think that's really challenging but I do think there is something to be said for why is it all that we see in this range is Barbie and Ken because especially I feel like the trans people I've known are mostly and this may just speak to my world, pretty genderqueer. Like, I feel like I've known... I've, I've known a number of, like, femme, trans, like, trans, gay trans men. Yeah. Who... But I do think... Like, I've met people like Gottmik several times in my life. I have not seen anybody like that on television Totally, before. yeah. Well, I, I think it's also, like, in the way trans people get portrayed in TV, it's like, you almost, like, the only way Gottmik could justify transitioning is that they have he has to be so masculine that that's what makes him trans and yeah. that's I, I think that's the outsider perspective that it that Gottmik's presence gets to puncture which is i think obviously very good yeah no me too um, I, i'm actually like i i if, if will if you recall i expressed a kind of gentle trepidation about how the show would address these issues yeah. and i have to say you know you have three episodes to fuck it up but so far so good like they've really just made space for Gottmik to talk about his experience in a way that is Good television and you and organic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You're you're right about all that, and it is a little like so. Just treat it respectfully, but also like relax and let it be what it is. Yeah. Let the narrative be what it is. Let the like POV of Gottmik in this way just come out organically. Um, it kind of reminds me of when people talk about some of the diversity casting at SNL, and they'd be like, "Well, where would we put this gay Asian man as a random pedestrian, like straight man stander by?" in skits that aren't in any way like about like, the gay Asian experience do you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah, like yeah. like just literally include them as people because default bystanders don't all need to actually be straight white men and it's bizarre that it's literally just like just include them yeah no yeah i've uh, i i i was worried the show would not know how to treat gotmic with you know care and respect and so far so good actually i'll say this season has been pretty good on what could feel like very leaden special? It's too long, but it's very good. Yeah, like like when they've all each episode has done like some swing at here's my unique queer experience and how it affected me, and you know sometimes it feels a little more shoehorned in than others, but by and large I'm like actually these this is just actually a nice diverse array of how everyone processes this part of their identity in a way that again what we're here for makes good television but doesn't sacrifice being you know empathetic and humane. 
Yeah. So, well done. Well, well done, editors, on this point. It's the only thing I'm giving you. <laughs> I will say, I feel like, um, I, I like that they did so much where we got a lot of queens sticking around at the top. Yeah. But it does, at this point, feel like I don't remember anything they did at the beginning anymore because it was so long ago. It feels like another season. Yeah. That, And maybe this is harsh of me. I get why they were trying to get as much as they could out of this cast, having to quarantine yeah. them and everything. But I'm a little like, uh, maybe I'm a monster. I would have preferred, like, maybe a couple double eliminations on weeks when it made sense. Well, because let's quickly review. Because I'd there. rather keep everybody until later, so we get to see enough of all of them, so I care about all of them. But then seen their you channels. gotta start making cuts. Yeah, like, and I'm a little like at a certain point, just it's okay when it's like these two really fucked up and this one didn't, and I'm gonna do a three way lip sync and then send two of them home. Well, yeah, I think because it by the time what was it the first elimination was week four. I think yeah. we would have lived if the first elimination were week three. I agree. Like even how what was it season six that did it this way where it was like one team someone gets eliminated second team someone gets eliminated yes. integrate the teams yes that actually served the purpose of getting to know the girls a little better fine and still kept that sucker moving I agree um, maybe here in quarantine sending a girl home first week would have actually been an unimaginable act of intolerable cruelty but you know let them get to second week guys but four, three whole episodes might have ended up be, and then with the double save. You know, we've been, we have been here a long time. We have. I actually, what's crazy, because I know I made that argument like week four that you just made. I think I still want all, like I want a, uh, a split. I actually liked it in season six. I know people yeah. talk, like I've talked about it before where people were like, I didn't like, I liked it. I liked it here too. I like doing a split intro and then doing an episode where no one goes home, but they could have sent home, um, someone home third week. By that yeah. point we would have known them enough and cared. Yeah. Weirdly, I would keep it to week four, but just like put two double eliminations in the course of just the season. Just bake them in, yeah. Um, because then we still get more of more people while like getting to a, a faster episode clip. And the truth is, I feel like there are weeks where it's like we are going to have to split hairs in order to pick yeah. who's in the bottom two because everybody did a good job and we need to send someone home. And there are weeks where it's like, Five out of seven of these girls got this, and two of them had no fucking idea what we were doing here. And on those weeks, I don't think it's unreasonable to do a double lip sync and be like, unless one of you lit the floor on fire, like Trinity K. Bonet, your ass is back. Like, you're both back. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, you say it nicer than that. Yeah, I I mean, I do wonder what this season will feel like on my eventual drunken rewatch, because we have, maybe this is just like the the pandemic there's no way you'll rewatch this all the way through no to be fair i don't do that with the seasons i love a lot like i tend to like bounce around and be like well i'm just gonna jump to the runway because i just want to see this or this moment but i do wonder if this were a normal if we were all allowed to socialize again would this feel different because it i've said this before but i think the fatigue that we would feel just talking to like checking in with a lot of friends or going to a gay bar anybody who views this as a gay bar every week at a gay bar every week by the end, they'd be like, thank fucking God. I know. I just, I, you're probably right. Cause I just wonder if just the, the, this last three months, of the pandemic has been weirdly more difficult than like the first nine because the end is in sight. Yeah. I mean, it's been hot and cold. Weirdly, I feel like at the, the second and fourth quarters of quarantine have been hardest for me. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like... like a lot of people were really negatively affected at first. And I was like. I'm figuring out stuff to do, whatever. Yeah. I'm making, whatever. 
And then I feel like it started to make me a little crazy. And then I feel like I leveled off. And now I feel like it's hot and cold. I do feel like I've changed so much that I'm like a different person than I was at the top. It is going to be so weird interacting with... We're getting off topic now, but whatever. It's our That's show. Fine. Yeah. It is going to be very weird seeing, like, I, I see you, I see one friend who lives in my building, and that's, like, dependably my human contact for the last more than a year. Yeah. And it's going to be very weird to be like, oh, hey, let's go sit in your house and eat a meal together. And I'm like, am I going to remember how to do that? Yeah, oh, no, for <laughs> sure, for sure. It was weird just having our, like, family here this weekend, and we've all been quarantining for months, and so yeah. having people stay here for four weeks and being like... What do you, oh, you're in my way in the kitchen and I've got to navigate this. It's so weird how used to being completely alone we are Yeah. these days. Um, I do enjoy how aggressive people seem at grocery stores when I go intermittently these days. Because it's clear people have forgotten how to manage walking through crowds. Oh, I, I am not ready for people to all to be out again and not have spent the quarantine reading a book, How to Walk on City Sidewalks. Yeah. Um, I might still just be doing grocery delivery to keep myself from killing someone. That makes sense. So on, on, on that note. <laughs> and on that note. Um, all right. So we're down to a final four. Here's hoping next week is like a music video thing and somebody's not in it. But who knows? Who yeah. knows? That's all. We hope everybody enjoys next week. We'll talk to you then. Um, I've been Condé Nasty. I'm Ursula the Sea Bitch. Bye. Bye. And I just want to add, it's going to be so nice not to have to, like, temporal sync those buys. That's all. <laughs>